Heidi, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Hey, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. We have a small crowd in the studio today. It's a smattering of applause for you. So I was stumbling through LinkedIn, as I often do, and I see this post of some brave soul posting her cold call for the world to see. And it was Heidi. And I was so impressed by this call on so many levels that I asked Heidi if she would jump on the podcast to talk to me, and she graciously said yes. So thank you so much, Heidi, for, for jumping on today. Yeah, I'm super happy to. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the Outplay was asking me for a call for a long time. <laughs> they do their call of the week, and uh, I finally had one. I was like, oh, hey, I actually have a recording of this one. Check it out. And I was sort of surprised it just came through in an email, and then people started messaging me. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to actually have a call that you can share like that. Now, we're going to go through the call in a moment, step by step. But before I do, the call sounded so smooth and so relaxed. Was it always that way when you started cold calling? Or is that something you've stepped into? Yeah, it's it's tough. It's, um, you know, when I first start cold calling for, I mean, right now I work at an agency, so we have different clients or when I start at a new role, um, you know, it's rocky at first. I kind of go with whatever script they may have um, <laughs> and then just go from there. And eventually my style kind of comes out, which is more relaxed um, that you'll hear in this call. Um, but it's a journey for me. I have to get there um, intuitively and figure out, you know, what what makes sense um, for me. And and yeah, it starts off with me kind of sounding a bit maybe more typical and overly excited um, to kind of figure out where I'm at. And then once I'm comfortable, um, then I can fully grasp, um, you know, how to use the way my style is, which is very casual and conversational. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a process for me to get there. I think I, not all my calls are great. Um, I usually start off pretty bad um, whenever I'm jumping into something new. Um, but yeah, I would say that I just go, (laughs) I go with how everyone else is doing it at first. And then I eventually arrive around here. You sound just chill to me. I mean, I just met you. It's the first time we're having a conversation and I was wondering like what the real Heidi sounds like versus the Heidi on the cold call that I heard. And it sounds uh, remarkably similar in real life outside of cold calling. Are you normally this sort of chill? I mean, you sound like a yoga studio instructor, not a CrossFit instructor. You sound very relaxed. Hopefully I mean, I'm a West Coast girl. Yeah, I'm a West Coast girl. I'm in, you know, I'm in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I think most salespeople tend to be more of the East Coast style. So maybe that's what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty relaxed person. I like to be pretty chill. I mean, I have, you know, definitely sometimes I get excited and passionate about things. But uh, I try to, yeah, just be natural and just be human um, when I'm doing sales because it's not fun. Otherwise, um, I, I just I can't. I get burnt out too quickly if I'm you know pushing too hard and trying to be somebody I'm not. So I'm typically about like this, pretty relaxed, pretty chill person. Unless someone double crosses you, and then you can cut a bitch. I'm assuming. Oh the, yeah, the I mean yeah. Okay. I mean okay. of course. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Heidi, let's start by talking about intent. I know if anyone's been following me for a while, everyone knows I'm real big on like, what's your intent going into the call? Mm-hmm. So before you pick up the phone, what's kind of going through your mind from an intent perspective? Trying to find out if what we have is a fit for a problem or pain they may have that I don't know if they have or not. So curiosity, trying to figure something out, trying to learn something. Um, I had a sales manager that told us like, always make sure you get a win on every call. Like if you, you know, learn something, you know, have a whatever, have a joke, have a laugh, like whatever is your style. But I try to just learn something, have a win and find find out more information and um, just get somewhere and make sure it's it ends on a positive note. One thing that you said, and I really want to zoom in on this a little bit and double click because it's very subtle, but it's very important, is you didn't say to book a meeting with everyone. What you said is to be curious to see if, and the keyword here being if, the prospect has a potential problem that we might, and these are your words, mm-hmm. might be able to help them with. And I think, and maybe you can elaborate on this, when your intent isn't to assume when you come at this from a place of curiosity, not as a mechanism to get a sale, but when you sort of let go of assumptions, of course you have a hypothesis, of course you believe in what you're selling, but you don't know. But when you start the call like that, it seems like it would make the call much more relaxed because you don't have really any expectations of the get. Um, Is that in line with how you see it as well? Yeah, absolutely. I. I mean, when you're working in these types of roles and doing outbound, you really can't have high expectations on any one call, one email, one action, I think. I think that you have to, um, you know, want a, you want a positive response in some manner or just a reply sometimes or just a connection or just a conversation. Um, so that's really what I'm after is a conversation, you know, just, just that back and forth. And it's overall fairly pleasant and we end up, you know, somewhere. Um, and some of those turn into meetings, sure, but I have no idea until I'm talking with them whether it's even relevant to them, whether it fits, you know, what they need, whether, uh, you know, I'm way off base. So I try to give them sort of every out in a way um, because I tend to book better meetings that way. So I'm not, you know, I'm asking them, you know, if I'm almost like giving them so many outs like that it's like might seem counterintuitive to some people like, oh, you're not pushing through, you're not like just sending them a calendar link like right away and like, you know, all this crazy stuff that people will tell you to do. And I'm like, yeah, because I mean, I want quality meetings with people that are going to show up that are actually, you know, interested and have some problem that we could potentially solve. So that's my overall mindset is just trying to find out um, more. So if I understand you correctly, you don't take no for an answer. You take no for an answer nine times. Don't you just, you keep going. You keep pressuring them. No, you're yeah. So there's actually a lot of neuroscience that backs up what you're saying. And two things to just note here, really more than anything, is that when your intent is to let go and not attach yourself to the outcome, you behave in ways that don't feel like you're causing pressure on the prospect. When prospects feel pressure, they sort of pull away. When your intent is, I got to talk everyone into buying and booking a meeting, it actually changes your behavior. Your thoughts affect your behavior. Um, The other thing that you said that I thought was really um, insightful and this, again, backed up by a lot of things about how people tick, not necessarily sales, is that when you give people an out, when you make it easy for them to say it's not a fit, you actually lower resistance and you end up getting to more truth. And I think truth is the superpower on a cold call, especially when there's this dynamic between a salesperson who 
let's all face it, we have a bad rep um, for many reasons, a lot of them justified. Um, and so being able to lower resistance and get to more truth um, is a superpower on a call because most, most calls, you know, they sound like this. It sounds like a, a wrestling match, you know, where someone's sort of like fighting someone and like beating them up, trying to, trying to pin them down. And what I noticed as we listen to your call, Heidi, is it sort of sounds like a smooth ballroom waltz where you are guiding people without really expecting anything in return and not stepping on any toes. So let's actually take a listen to your call. There's not going to be any of this Kung Fu fighting here. It's just a real smooth call. And what we're going to do is we're going to sort of pause it along the way. We'll come in and out of the call. Pay attention to not just what Heidi is saying, but also listen to the tonality, which I think matters even more than the words. It's a vibe. And again, it feels like a yoga studio versus a CrossFit studio. So it's very relaxed. So let's actually start the call. Here we go. Hey, this is Heidi. How's your Friday going? Uh, pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks. Okay. Let's start with that one. That's a big bone of contention on LinkedIn. Boy, boy, do people have a perspective on that. How's your Friday going? How you doing? <laughs> Why do you ask that question? I'm assuming it's intentional. Yeah, because it's something I would naturally do if I was calling a friend. It's something that's so natural to me. And then I can kind of get their vibe, how what mood they're in immediately. Um, if they, you know, if they're like, yeah, great. How about you? Then that's super friendly, right? If they're like, what's this about? You know, then, like, then you kind of just like get get to the, the root of like where they're at, um, I think, quicker. And it's just natural to me to say that if I called my friend, I would ask them how their days go. And that's just what I say. If you don't say that, then don't use it. Like if that's not something you would ever naturally say, don't do it. But since I do, I tend to do that. And especially like Fridays, um, you know, it's kind of like, it's a casual kind of more, you know, chill day. People are like, yeah, you know, it's going good. It's just, it's a vibe. So I, I like small talk. So I do it most of the time, unless I intuitively get the vibe that like they're not going to be <laughs> down with that like but his tone of voice when he answered was so chill um that i was like this guy's pretty chill like i can i can kind of ask him how he's, his day is going and like see how he's feeling and just kind of get into it so i love that couple things you said there one is it feels good for me so if it didn't feel good for you if this doesn't feel good for you then maybe don't do it I think what Heidi's saying, and I think it's really simple, but a lot of people overlook it, which is what's the way? And it's, it sounds like there's not really a way. Um, you have your own style. Like Heidi has a style that you're going to hear when we get into this call. It's her style. Just like a great guitar player like an Eric Clapton has a style. You know when you're listening to his music that that's a Clapton song. So you have this style. Um, the other thing, too, that I love about what you said was you're sort of using this as a way to read the prospect's mood a little bit. Even when he first picked up the phone, you kind of sensed, oh, I've got a friendly here. I don't have a hostile. And so all things being equal, I'm just going to use my standard opener, which is what I would say to normally anybody. And why would I want to change it when I'm making calls? Because again, my whole thing is I just want to be me. I want to be casual. I want to be chill. So Prospect leaned into this, and we're going to go a little deeper into the call. Uh, pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks. Uh, I'm not sure if you had a moment, but I just had a few questions. Um, is this a good time? Okay, so you're asking for the prospect's permission to talk, even though they picked up the phone and they say they're having a good Friday. What's the psychology behind that? What are you hoping that? Why? Why is that intentional first? And if it's intentional, why are you asking for the prospect's permission to talk? 
Yeah, I mean, I I kind of heard a little bit of um, background noise, I think, on the call in this one. Uh, so I wanted to be sort of aware and, you know, intentional and let them know that I kind of heard that, you know, something may be going on. And then, you know, kind of ask for permission. Um, since he seemed so relaxed, I figured he would he'd probably give it. Um, and it was going to just be a better conversation that way than me trying to push something. It just that vibe wasn't there. It was more like, yeah, you got a minute kind of a thing, um, which people may or may not agree with. But um, in this situation, it seemed supernatural. And again, something I might say to a friend, too, if I was calling them and I kind of heard something in the background. Um, I might be like, yeah, can you talk right now? I mean, it's it's really pretty natural. Um, people can overthink it, but it's something that, that most people would say um, when they call anybody. You know, they just want to know if it's if it's good to talk or not. Yeah, there's also some uh, psychology behind this as well, too. Like when someone, you're giving someone control, right? So mm -hmm. first off, when people feel like you're giving them control, they feel more autonomous, lowers resistance when you sort of take the control away and you assume it's a good time to talk. You can raise yeah. resistance. The next thing there that you do is when, when they say sure, um, they're more likely to hear you out for a few more moments because they sort of agreed to do something. And humans are sort of hardwired that if we say we're going to do something, um, we want to keep up our word. Otherwise, it feels a little weird. Like if I said I'm going to help you move at 630 and I'll show up until 7, it feels bad. Like this podcast is a good example. Told Heidi I'd be on 3 o'clock, came on at 310, felt bad. All right, here we go. Here's, that part, here's part two here. All right, can I hear? Let's see. Okay. Oh, live? Okay, here we go. Here's part two. Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, see that you had up insights and analytics, and I'm definitely a big fan of <laughs> use it a lot, um, unfortunately, maybe unfortunately. <laughs> but um, I know you guys have an online chat uh, with, like, wine experts, that type of a thing. Do you look at analytics for those conversations at all or not really? Okay, so there was only kind of a couple parts to this. If you remember the call, Heidi. Were you able to hear that a little bit better? Yeah, no, that was way better, yeah. Okay, so... So part number one was this, which is, um, hey, uh, I'm familiar with you guys. I use this thing all the time. Um, is that, 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 I'm assuming that's a true statement. Yeah, it actually is, um, which is good. I love when that happens. I, I do try to prioritize um, those accounts if possible. Things that I've actually used or I'm familiar with um, makes my calls go a lot better if I can genuinely say, yeah, I've used this and, you know, I have experience with, with this. And this one was, um, you know, a whatever, a wine, a wine store. So um, I had some familiarity with the brand and it made it super natural for me to just kind of drop that in as, um, you know, I know what you guys are up to and, you know, I'm wondering if you, you're looking at this type of thing. And you also said, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I couldn't quite understand the intent behind that or maybe that was just some sort of casual language like, hey, I, well, it's wine, guys... I mean, you know, <laughs> like, should I be drinking right. that much wine? It's kind of like a joke, like, you know, like, right. should I really be this familiar with you guys? I don't know. Great. So a couple things there. Um, again, just from a, from a psych perspective, I, I think one of the best ways to lower the pressure, uh, which is high on a cold call, is humor in a sort of casual way. Second, real authentic. And third, there's a commonality there. I've actually used your product for better or for worse. You know, I, I, uh, I, ble I bleed Cabernet. I don't know. <laughs> I want to say. So it's kind of that, that kind of vibe. So there's going to be sort of a reciprocity muscle that's going to kind of kick in there, which is, oh, we got a customer here calling us. It's not just a salesperson. And then what you do very eloquently, elegantly, is what a lot of salespeople don't do. 
which is you transition into inquiring rather than making a statement. So a statement sounds like this. The reason for my call is we've discovered a breakthrough in chat technology that allows you to do this. And the reason for my call is to get on your calendar to share this sort of a statement-driven, pitch-driven thing versus inquiring, which is asking a question to determine how or if they're doing this today. Now, tell me a little bit about that question. Why that question and what was your intent behind it? Yeah, so the product that we're, we're going for has a few differentiators that I was aware of. I kind of saw that they were using a, a certain chat um, bot on their website that I happen to know doesn't give them certain data that what you know what we were selling does. And so I was fi- trying to find out if that was something that's important to him or not, if he's looking at those types of things. And I figured like, well, if he is, then he's going to kind of be aware that he can't really see what he wants to see, um, you know, and that'll be a good opener. If he's not looking at that, if it's not for him, then then it's kind of like, okay, maybe I have the wrong person or, you know, maybe that's just not a pain that they're, that they have at all. It's not relevant to them. So I was just trying to find out if that's a differentiator that could open up the conversation. Okay. So again, a couple things that are, I think, real brilliant here, just from a thinking perspective, which is you have to have a hypothesis about what is potentially broken. And you keep hearing Heidi say the same word, um, but I do want to call it out is, is if, like, I don't know if, even though we think this is a benefit and a problem, it doesn't really matter if it doesn't matter to him. Yep. And the sort, the, the, this idea of let, again, letting go of assumptions. Now, why would this matter to him? this idea of being able to see this particular data just for people for context. Yeah. So he's a director of um, analytics, um, data and analytics. So he may be looking at, you know, the chat functionality to see if there's room for improvement or presenting that data to his boss or to, you know, whoever the VP is and, and trying to show, Hey, this is some potential for more conversion. Um, on the website, uh, you know, I'm showing you this data. So I was wondering if he had enough of that when he goes to his boss to be like, you know, be substantial or if his boss is like, this isn't, this is nothing. Like we don't have any, like, you know, we don't have any data here. We, we, I wish we had something all in one place or, you know, I wish it was like clean. And, you know, if that's like a pain that he's kind of facing in his day to day, like, God, I'm not getting enough data or it's all over the place or it's going from here to there and hard to deal with exporting, importing. Um, that was my hypothesis that he may, be having that experience and that this could be a potential for him to solve that. How did you get to this point? Because so many people that I know, they're not customers. They haven't done the prospects job, but you have a very good grasp of the problem of the potential problem, like really good grasp of it. How did yeah. you get problem trained versus product? trained? <laughs> uh, not sure. That's a good question. I think it's just been a process of me um, I'm always trying to think, well, why would somebody even care about taking this meeting? You know, why would somebody want to do this? I mean, there's a billion different tools that do the same thing. Um, so why, why would someone care? Like, I personally don't care about much, you know, things that come my way, commercials, you know, anything that's hitting me. I'm like, okay, there's a billion streaming services. What do I care about this one? But if they hit me with like, oh, you know, we have this weird type of movie that like, 
no one else has, you know, and that you you like and you've been looking for, you've been talking about, then I'll be like, oh, shoot, they have that. And if they're like, oh, and you don't have to pay monthly, we have an annual subscription. I know you hate paying monthly because you keep canceling all your monthly subscriptions because it bugs you. And then I'd be like, oh, my gosh. So, like, I'm just always thinking of, well, what is that point for that person that would make them actually even consider adding something new or, like, even looking at something when what they have is probably just fine? Please rewind the last <laughs> 25 seconds of this podcast and listen to that four or five times. Because to Heidi's point, no matter what you're selling, people have a streaming service today. So what is it about the streaming service that happens if they do nothing? Potentially. What, what terrible sort of, well, I got to pay yearly. I got to pay all these monthly subscriptions for shows I don't even want. Well, what's this new thing? It's this new kind of show that I like. And wait, I can just buy an episode. I don't have to get roped into a yearly contract. And it's these indie films, which I love, or these Bollywood films. That's something that's meaningfully different, potentially. And we go back to Heidi's language. We don't know that until we actually have a conversation. But at least it's a hypothesis. Now, because Heidi's leaning back, and because she is inquiring, and because you can feel that she doesn't have expectations, you're going to hear the next part of this. The prospect just opens up. Everyone talks about closing in sales, but I think the superpower is opening and listen to this opening analytics right here. for those conversations at all or not really uh a little bit i'd say we're um sort of in the process of getting those learnings um down we use zendesk um so kind of downloading that data out of zendesk and um combining it with our, our internal data so that's a of an ongoing process. Okay, I want something else I just want to call out because it might not be apparent. Not once did Heidi step on that person as they were talking because I listen to a lot of cold calls and it's exciting and you're like, oh, I, 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 we could do that and you sort of cut the person off. So notice how she paused for about two beats before she started talking to see if the prospect wanted to keep, keep talking. So let's see where you go from here, Heidi. Totally. Well, um, we actually created something to help you out with that and have like a dashboard in one place. Um, we're kind of trying to get some feedback from people in the U.S. It's pretty popular in um, Europe already. So I was wondering if that's something you might want to check out. Um, not a pressure situation, but just see how it works um, for the okay. future. So there's a couple things here. And again, I don't know if people are picking up on the subtleties. Is Again, the tone is like super chill and relaxed. And there's like a real casual language. Like we got this kind of thing. Some people in Europe kind of like it. I don't know. Maybe you want to check it out. It's just casual, but you're also using a little social proof there subtly with a little sprinkle. And you know, then you're saying, hey, no, no rush or whatever. And then you use a really great phrase, um, which is uh, for the future. And the reason that I love that phrase is that what it subconsciously says is there's no pressure now. This is just a, an option. Um, Heidi, is, was that your intent behind that language? when you sort of understand that there's some interest there and you go for this quote unquote ask, talk to me about the, the, the sort of psychology behind those words. Yeah, it's really easy to get excited at that point. So to pull back and be like, hey, you know, sounds like what we're doing could possibly be a fit. Some people like it. You know, we're trying to see if people over here like it. You know, would you want to check it out? No pressure, but to see if that's something you might want to use in the future. That's you know, it's really kind of hard to do that. It's sort of counterintuitive because you just want to get all excited or maybe talk about, you know, some of the benefits and, oh, yeah, this is perfect for you. But 
Um, I think pulling back right there um, pretty much sealed the deal on this call because it was like if I would have just start pitching, he would have been like, yeah, yeah, send me an email or call me next quarter or we don't have the budget. Um, so <laughs> so I was really trying to really like be careful. Like I did really want to book this meeting because I did see that it was a fit based on what he said, but I had to like intentionally not be excited and just keep like the same chill like let's let's you know let's just see let's just see if it would would be something for a later time not now like i'm gonna, we're date, not, my, I'm gonna date my <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna date myself here you might not be familiar are you familiar with this movie mean girls oh yeah oh movies. my god i'm a oh. i'm a millennial i'm an old millennial i guess I'm a, okay so there's that scene with regina and mm -hmm. she is like not giving people in the day right but she's not really needy uh, she's sort of indifferent. She's like, whatever. And because of that, I mean, it's, she's an awful person in the movie, obviously, but there's a, something to learn there with because she's so like, whatever, and she's not needy. She attracts like all this sort of attention because neediness is off-putting, especially when it's a salesperson, especially when it's on a cold call. So it's almost like you're like, dude, I, look, this is, this is this thing over here in Europe. They're using it. It almost subconsciously says, do you want to know what they're doing? To kind of stay ahead of the curve, but in a way that doesn't feel like you're, you're cool either way. Like if you want to sit with me at the lunch table, whatever. But if not, dude, I got a lot of more other people that want to sit with me at the lunch table. So it's this law of sort of indifference. Very Regina. When I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, she's kind of like Gina, Regina in, in Mean Girls in a nice way. A nice I way. like that. So, uh, so the prospect uh, leans in here. Uh, sure. I'll send you an invite for a meeting with Michael. Okay, cool. Is there anything that you'd like me to tell him that you want to see specifically? Like, are there certain numbers and metrics that you're looking for so that we can make the most out of your time? Okay. Another phenomenal, because most people like, here's the meeting, get me off the phone, take, you know, tell, start high-fiving people. What's the intent behind that question? Yeah, that's, I mean, I like to confirm that they do want to have the meeting and then do the bit of discovery. It's kind of my style um, as to while I'm because I'm literally like hustling there. You probably hear my voice go a little faster because I'm actually, I'm pretty excited and I'm hustling and pulling up different, you know, stuff and booking it and like making sure I'm, so I'm doing that, but I don't want him to get off the line while I'm doing all that for one. I want to keep him on the line to confirm that, you know, I, I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't want him to just drop off. And then I also am putting notes in to the email I'm going to send to the AE on what he wants to talk about um, so that, you know, I actually have that, bit to give him so it's a it's a good meeting and a good call um for the ae and we're actually talking about things that he cares about um so i'm doing my mini kind of discovery there and i also liked how you ended it which was you know just just to make sure this is uh you know relevant so we you know can tailor it to you again sort of positioning it as why this matters for him uh, so so again he unloads um i would say what we're probably most interested in is um, thinking about like the lifetime value of customers who interact with the chat and those versus those who don't like, uh, you know, our, our chat is, um, we have customer service, but then we also have a, uh, a recommendations chat. So they're, um, people who are, are wine experts that are there to help you, um, mm -hmm. non, non commission, so it's really. I just, I just, I, I want to, I want to. Again, this is subtle, everybody, and I don't know if you heard it. But what Heidi just did there, she goes, mm -hmm, "That's called an encourager." It's a subtle technique in listening, and she probably does it without even. I'm assuming that doesn't. Even, it's just natural for Heidi because she's a, a great listener. So if you're a great listener, you don't have to do any of this stuff because you're just a great listener. <laughs> but if you're not, and you have to work on it, like me, and some of the other people who've been a poor listener your whole life, like I have been, 
encouraging is like, uh huh, uh, yeah. That shows that you are still there and listening. So it's, a, it's an encourager. Heidi, is that? I know it's like sort of asking you how you came up with the song, but like, is that an intentional thing or is that something you just kind of do naturally? These little encouragers. Yeah, it is. It's kind of weird. It is natural for me. And I've had actually sales managers before tell me like, don't do that. Or like, you know, that, that kind of thing, actually, weirdly enough. Um, huh. But, but then I, I, I actually had some, I mean, I just, I, I was a teacher. So I had some teaching training too. And with teaching, you do really want to do that, especially teaching language. I taught English to foreign language speakers, and you really do want to encourage them. And have these little sounds that you make like, oh, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. So like, I just brought that into my sales because I'm like, that really keeps them talking and it makes them feel like they're doing a good job. Um, so that's sort of just like, I look at it as like, I'm a teacher, I'm just trying to get, you know, more out of them and make sure that, you know, they're, they feel confident in, you know, the conversation. So that's just, yeah, a natural thing for me from my teaching background. And by the way, this also helps you in your personal life. Yeah. And in oh, a lot. Your friends, you know, <laughs> so these, these, these kind of skills we're talking about, I know we're talking them about them in the sort of context of a cold call, but this idea of being inquisitive and curious and non-assumptive and pausing before talking and using encouragers is a superpower for making people feel heard and understood. And when you can make people feel heard and understood, you can get through to people and strengthen relationships in your business and personal life. It's a skill that's not taught. We're all taught to, told to listen we might not know how to do it. So this is why I wanted to stop the uh, the audio here and just pull that out. Person. Let's keep so going here. Just okay. you know, that interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, we have a few cool things with that too. Um, if you ever don't have somebody that's available, uh, we, we actually have like product experts that can jump in to give you full coverage. So I can make sure Michael tells you about how that would work and what, um, what metrics like you'd be looking at and what the suite looks like. Okay. And what's really nice there, a little, what I thought when I was like, oh, a little teaser, a little sort of coming attractions in a sort of casual way without going into a full demo because the reflex reaction of a normal salesperson, oh, I, we do that, let me tell you, and all of a sudden it's a 20 minute call and it sort of fizzles yeah. out. So I love the sort of teaser there. And then there's another brilliant question at the end, okay. here it goes. Awesome. Um, anybody else that would maybe want to be on the call that would feel left out or? Uh, no, I think it's it's fine to do this for now. Okay. Okay. Why that question? Yeah. It's just to, um, basically get somebody else into the meeting. I mean, it's, as we know, I mean, the more people involved, you know, typically they're more likely to show up and be more engaged and be more interested. And I also, I'm not sure. I didn't really ask him if he's the decision maker or anything like that too. So I'm kind of trying to see if, he has either somebody that works on his team or works with him that might also be interested. So I'm trying to just multi-thread, um, get somebody else involved in the conversation if possible. Um, so I usually say that at the end of most calls, like anybody that might feel left out. So, you know, they're like, oh yeah, actually, you know, Bob actually looks at this with me and like, he might want to see that. Um, yeah, something like that. Every part of this call that we paused, what I thought of when I was listening to this was like, almost like you were, unlocking a level of a game, right? So that was the first one of like, hey, how you feeling today on Friday? Unlocked, person opened up. Hey, do you have a second to talk? Unlocked. Hey, use your thing. Hey, got this question. You know, uh, is this something you're kind of doing? Like unlocked. Not, and then, hey, uh, got something to show you. You want to see it? They're using it in Europe. No worries either way. Sure, unlocked. 
and then, hey, uh, what else do you want to see? Unlocked, and then, hey, at the end, is there anyone else? So it's, you'll notice that there's these questions, and Heidi's not doing a lot of talking at once. There's a lot of those sort of questions. And again, it gets back to this sort of like smooth ballroom waltz is what Heidi kind of reminds me of. Heidi, you've been a pure delight. Thank you for breaking down this call. I hope it inspires people. If people want to learn a little bit more about you, or they want to get your take on things, is there a way for people to get a hold of you, or do they have to sit through a demo? <laughs> no demo. Um, you could find me, Heidi Brionis, on LinkedIn, um, if you'd like. Um, I also have a new website I'm launching and kind of building out called bdrresources.com, and it's just a bunch of free um, resources for SDRs, BDRs, anybody who prospects, um, lots of cool stuff and videos. So check that out. Um, I love to, you know, get your feedback and you can submit um, resources there too, if you'd like. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn would be the greatest. Um, come, come message me, connect with me. Heidi, thank you so much for being of so course. generous with your time. I loved your call and thanks for your transparency. I know that everybody listening got a lot out of it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me, Josh. It's been a pleasure.